0: We're not experts, and the opinions expressed are solely our own. We'll do our best to be factual and correct any errors that might occur at a later date. The main point of this show is taking the fork in the road towards comedy whenever possible. There will be many forks in the road. Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of Drinking and Talking Animals. I'm Bob. I'm Mark. I'm George. And shout out to our good friend Elka today, because this animal is coming directly from her email suggestion, the maned wolf. And apologies for us taking so long to get around to this, because I believe this was probably at least six more more months ago that Elka had requested this animal, but you know... We went in our own directions, and it is what it is. There's only so often we're going to cover mammals. Like, one out of every five or so, it seems like. So, If people have been listening long-term, you know, we seem to go, like, mammal, bird, reptile, bug, fish, (laughs) fish, right. Fish. Yeah, water (laughs) dweller of some type, right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I don't have anything more than that for the beginning of this. I don't know if there's any holidays coming up uh i haven't thought about anything
1: well how was that super bowl last weekend
0: (laughs) yeah stupid that was a great game right good commercials red versus red (laughs) that's right
1: it's all a conspiracy
0: (laughs) yeah it was funny uh yesterday leaving the golf course one of the guys said go bills to my buddy doug and we all laughed and laughed and Right. (laughs) He's just been kicked in the nuts so many times by the Buffalo Bills that I couldn't stop laughing about it. And another uh, crazy little Buffalo story. So I don't think anyone, if everyone can see my shirt, I'll lift it up a little bit. But it says uh, Buffalo Bills body lotion. And at the bottom it says it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. So it's the Death's Head Moth from... uh, Silence of the Lambs. So I walk into 7-Eleven this morning to buy my ritualistic Diet Pepsi. And the lady, went out, while I'm checking out, she goes, oh, I lived in Buffalo for a year. <laughs> and I was like, this ain't got nothing to do with Buffalo. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs? And she goes, no, what's that? Like okay, I'm out. <laughs> like, we're done here, Miss. Please catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? You should have right.
2: just told her the whole story.
0: Right. Like oh, you would love it. It's got Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> you yeah, got he, a
1: recipe. Yeah, he won an
0: Academy Award for being on screen for like 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, isn't that incredible, Max? That's one of the weirdest uh, Oscars ever awarded. But he was really freaking creepy in that uh, movie. Nailed it uh and i haven't watched the new uh true detective yet but it's got jody foster so i think i'm gonna check it out
1: sounds like a plan yeah well
0: yeah uh
1: how about them socials?
0: we're doing that first gotcha let's just change it up yeah drinking and talking animals on instagram and facebook d and t animals at gmail.com and Use our link on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. I just put up the, uh, well, this will be long ago. This has been up by the time everyone hears this, but the Us Live at the uh, Pacific Northwest Exotic Animal and Reptile or Reverse That Show.
1: (laughs) Reptile Uh, and Exotic exotic Animal Show. Yeah.
0: That was uh, one of my favorite interviews to date with Tasia Larson. She was incredible. Uh, just talking about someone that's done, like, you know, kind of amateur taxidermy. It was really cool.
2: I like rat in a bucket. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't realize that, you know, when those carrion beetles eat the skeletons, that they actually leave the ligaments intact, that, you know, you can basically pin them down into whatever form they want to take in that substrate, and you really don't have to do you know, because I always think of how they articulate like dinosaur bones mm-hmm. and stuff, where you have to use all the wires and you know you're suspending them. Basically, I guess you really don't have to do that with the smaller uh, animals. Like they kind of stick together in a. Well, with the a,
1: teeny tiny animals, you, 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 they do eat through them, but it's the, the medium-sized uh, right. snakes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when you're yeah. doing like mice, yeah, they they chew. They'll eat some parts of the bones too. Right.
0: That would just be food yeah. at that point. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember she said that uh, there was a lot of talk of snake jerky because she desiccates yep. them before they go to the carrion beetles, and the beetles really love the snake jerky. I bet we'd love it too, George. Would you try it?
1: I've had snake jerky. Huh? I jerky. believe I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of jerky, just Uh-oh. kidding. We're not eating jerky today. Actually, <laughs> like well,
1: we're having homemade snake jerky. <laughs> yeah. We're drinking Sierra Nevada Brewing Company's Trail Pass Non-Alcoholic IPA. With an ABV of less than 0.5%, the IBUs are 75, 95 calories. Hops are Amarillo, Bravo, Cascade, CTZ, and Magnum. And it is a ales-type yeast. Mm. They're very secretly guarding their malt bill. Ah, uh, I believe it, as a lot of the uh, nas do. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so. And I will tell you, this is really damn close to Holy green label Sierra Nevada. It is. I and I even got a little bit of lacing on my first drink, yeah. which has been rare in our nas. So we we've, we've drank a lot of IPAs that didn't that right and i've had a lot of ipas that are worse than this believe me by far i think we Uh, found all of them yeah (laughs) well we we had a lot of explosions in that category as well
1: it was a five-year process for them to get this down to the point where they felt it was something that could be drunk right and the main thing was is finding the right uh type of yeast that had a low alcohol yield or almost no alcohol I, yield. Early
0: quitter. Right. Well. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I guess that makes total sense because we talked about yeah. that recently that, you know, this non-alcoholic market is absolutely exploding. Mm-hmm. It's valued at, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $3 billion yep. a year as its own standalone industry. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you're a brewery and you can develop this for the folks that are, you know, uh, I guess being a little more new age or health conscious about what they put in their bodies. You know, it's uh, not that this is a great one to put a lot of them in your bodies, because if you're watching your carbs, there's 20 carbs in every 12 ounce can. So uh, and I was surprised to actually see carbs on any type of a beverage label because, you know, well, I guess it's probably because it's a not, an N.A. You don't usually I guess they put carbs on uh like Miller Lite and Michelob Ultra, because that's the point of those beers. Because they're
2: bragging that up.
0: Yeah. In general, I think if you're a beer drinker, you kind of get to the point where you could give an F about carbs anyway. You're like, well, I don't drink it because I'm health conscious. <laughs> you know, I drink it for the effect. All right. Not that I would know. Uh, yeah, I just passed, uh, well, at the time you hear this, I should be somewhere around, I guess, like 74 days sober, something like that. So, yeah awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be my probably my first sober Super Bowl in freaking forever. Yeah, it's a a red letter day, which I think I was going to bring that up anyway, that it's a really weird thing that, you know, during the course of this show, I kind of evolved into needing to take a major break from alcohol. Uh, And maybe it's a good theme for us to talk about anyway, that You know, you can get to where you're not as functional as you used to be when you drink a lot. And that's where this guy got. So I really had to uh, sit back and reevaluate a few priorities in my life. And it turned out the easiest one to get rid of was alcohol. Uh, And I feel fantastic. It was really weird. I was at a place where, you know, I have a watch that tracks my pulse and does all that kind of, you know, like activity tracker stuff and I'd constantly look down at my pulse, and I'm just sitting around doing nothing, and it's over 100, like just consistently. And I'm like, well, this has to have a root cause. So I quit drinking, and within two weeks, I'm sitting around, and my heart rate usually hovers somewhere between 65 and 80. So that's the one major thing that I've noticed is I just feel more relaxed. I'm not like tense and uptight, and even people at work said I've been less of an asshole. Which, you know, that's I know it's hard for you guys to believe. We have noticed that yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we can all dream. You know? We're too
2: close. We can't see the asshole for the forest. <laughs> yeah. If an is
0: in the forest. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, How about our snack? Yeah. I want to hear about it because it says "quang" and I love their catchphrase.
1: We're e- eating beer nuts. New cantina mix. The mix in cu- including twang-seasoned peanuts, huh. chili lime, twang. insane grain, guacamole, twang. and habanero sticks, huh. along with the, um, they describe it as a sweet and spicy snack mix.
0: Yeah, the sticks are hot. Huh. So the sticks are a combination of guacamole and jalapeno? Or Some of them, are there? There's
1: multiple ones in there. Huh. Uh, huh. Max is giving it a two thumbs up. Yeah. They That's gave it
0: a chef's kiss already. The, uh, the yellow ones kiss. were hot. Huh, the yellow ones. I'll get into those in a minute. <laughs> uh, but the catchphrase says, great times, great nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it an extra point just because of that. They're, I love I love good marketing. <laughs> we They're tasty. Yeah.
1: No. So, do we need a break?
0: Yeah, might as well take a short one here. Ooh.
1: We're back with a f- mouthful of nuts. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's not the first time you sounded like you had a mouthful of nuts. you have, you have some nuts on your chin. <laughs> yeah, chin nuts. <laughs> yeah. That's the old joke. <laughs> what do you call nuts on a wall? Walnuts. <laughs> yeah. Nuts on a chest, chestnuts, nuts on your chin. Blow job. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's rare too. Bob gets the first joke of the day. In, yeah. Right. Um maned wolf. Let's see. I've said this before, but this really might be my fastest taxonomy of all time. Time me. <laughs> the maned wolf is a mammal in the order Carnivora and resides in the family Canidae. That comes from the Latin word for dog, Canis. The subfamily is Caninae, and then we get to the tribe Canini. They all have the same origin, and that's good news for you and makes it easy on me. The genus is Chrysochion. That comes from the ancient Greeks, Greek words chryso for golden and kyon for dog. The species is Chrysochion brachyurus, and they're the only species in this genus. In Greek, Brachis means short, and aura means tail. Yeah. Which is going to make no fucking sense as we uh, get into this animal. Got that right. <laughs> yeah. The full word means having a short tail in Latin. New Latin. <laughs> their common name comes from the weird mane that grows on the nape of their necks and gives them a real I pity the fool Mr. T vibe minus the gold yep. chains. Yeah. I pity the fool who don't come in my savannah. Yeah. <laughs> Better get off my Savannah, fool. (laughs) That's what I can imagine that thing saying right now. Yeah. (laughs) I love Mr. T. That was my favorite in the, what was it, Rocky Three? Clubber Lang? Yeah. I got one word for you, Balboa. Pain!
1: (laughs) Actually, we just had Carl Weathers just died. Oh, yeah. That uh, is true. A couple weeks back. Yep. From from when this comes out. Yep. Yep.
0: Carl Weathers of Apollo Creed fame. Mm -hmm. He was Chubbs in uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, What else? There was one more major role that he had, but I'll think of it as we move on. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Predator. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome in Predator, too. Yep. Uh, Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Uh, (laughs) 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 uh, Usually I would make some of those associations. I didn't even think of that at all, Uh, but that news just literally came out, so... Uh, about Carl Weathers. It's going to be old by the time everyone hears this anyway, but uh, where would we find the maned wolf, Mark?
1: Oh, of course. Found in the South American cerrados of South, Central, West, and Southeast Brazil, um, Paraguay, Northern Argentina, Bolivia, East and North of the Andes, and the far Southeast Peruvian in the Pampas de Heath, Area, and is most likely extinct in Uruguay. Yeah.
0: The one place where they couldn't stop killing them, most likely. I'm not sure, unless there was a lot of competition or there's way more freaking
1: jaguars there. <laughs> Actually, it was mostly it was it was the hunt, killing them, but it was also uh, loss of habitat.
2: Mm. I think there's a lot of mining going uh, on there. That's really the sore spot.
1: Yeah. That would do it. Uh.
0: Characteristics. Their markings resemble that of a fox, if a fox walked on stilts. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) They do look like a stilt fox. Would have been a better name, or the Mister T Fox. I'm going to call him that from now on. Friggin' tall is another word for it. Way tall.
1: (coughs) They got legs. uh right. And know how to use them
0: you'll find a very specific number for their top speed all over the internet at 47 miles per hour. <laughs> but other sources listed a more believable average of 35, which I would believe 35. Maybe, I don't know. even know how the guy that said 47 and it caught on even witnessed that or had a speed gun or whatever the hell. Uh, it must have been a one-off if, if that even happened. I, I, I find it really I, hard to believe. I doubt. Right. Well, uh,
1: I mean, their gate doesn't... Allude right. itself to... They're lanky. They're lanky, but the way they walk, right, it doesn't make for speed.
0: Right. They have some slender legs on them. They got legs, and they well, know I, how to well use I, them. Well, I would say that
2: I would say it's built to run. It, I mean, it's built pretty much like a greyhound dog.
0: Baby, we were born
2: to run. But but its environment Ding,
0: dong, dong. in heavy grassland
2: that doesn't yield to running. No but, right. I mean, like there's some little deer there that they've never seen them run. They just they bound, right? Because the grass is so tall.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears> That's <throat> yeah, a more efficient way to move. So you're, instead of getting tangled up everywhere you go, uh, they have a thick reddish brown to golden orange coat on their sides, long black legs, uh, that distinctive black mane, and erect ears. <laughs> there's a there's a white tuft at the end of their tails and a white bib under their throats. They are the largest canid in South America, and while they look like a fox, we we call them a wolf, and they're related to neither. (laughs) No. Uh, They also happen to be the tallest wild canid in the world.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: Despite being members of the order carnivora, they're omnivores and eat small animals, fruits, and vegetables. Having evolved in tall grass savannas, they stand about three to three and a half feet tall at the shoulders or withers, whichever you prefer, uh,
2: yeah, when I first saw that 43 inches, I'm like, no friggin' way are they that right. tall. I, yeah. I, I know how tall a gray wolf is, and it's, it's like a foot shorter than that.
0: Yeah, that's why I went with three and a half, because that was 42. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, maybe we can give it another inch if we're generous. It's, <laughs> it's incredible, really. Right. I mean, they're a lot taller. Yeah. <clears throat> and on average, uh, they weigh around 50 pounds. Yep. That was the easiest way to just condense it all. They have a head to rump length of about forty inches, and additionally have up to an eighteen inch tail. Yeah. So remember when I said whoever decided on that word was freaking? I don't. I don't know what they were smoking when they. That's the
2: only short thing about it.
0: Right. They're gonna call it a short tail golden dog. (laughs) Yeah. Be like. No. (laughs) Skip over the long legs and the big ears. Yeah. If you think an 18-inch tail is short, I don't know what you think a long tail is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey-oh. And those erect ears I mentioned are large and seven inches long and also help them regulate heat. Speaking of erect, (laughs) the black hairs of their manes can be puffed up to make them look larger when threatened or as an aggressive display. They're crepuscular, being mainly active during the twilight hours of the morning and evening, but are known to be active on well-moonlit nights and cold or cloudy days. They have 42 total teeth. That includes the long canines you'd expect a canid to have. Uh, Front paw prints measure just under 3 to three and a half inches long and a little over 2 to just under 3 inches wide hind paws are very similar to the front in length but are two and a half to a bit over three inches wide uh, on those back feet so a little bit uh, sturdier base on the back uh, in width in terms of width uh, they're very similar other than that. Uh, their urine smells like weed, grass, Mary Jane, the sticky icky, or cannabis if you're nerdy, and it earned them the nickname Skunk Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> and some people
1: think it smells like hops too.
0: Yeah, I think I wrote that down yeah. uh, in because you know we're gonna talk about a lot of
1: pee today. Similar, and
2: similar chemistry in that.
1: Well, wasn't yeah. it at uh, the zoo in Rotterdam? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a massive investigation going on because zoo patrons reported. Somebody kept standing around the main wolf enclosure smoking pot. Yeah. Turns out it was just the wolves peeing. Mm-hmm.
0: That's just my pee-pee. Yeah, babe. <laughs> yeah. And like we've already said multiple times, I bet the pee-pee is going to be a major part of Max's favorite part of the show today. Tell the people what time it is, Max. Oh yeah, I saw your long legs from across the savannah. Come over here and I'll pee all over you. It's time for Mating
1: with Mark. Yeah, here we go folks. Mating with Mark. All right. Well, maned wolves are monogamous, but solitary. Mm-hmm. They basically, a pair will share about an approximately 10 square mile territory. And um, they have defined paths going to the territory. Now they mark their territory liberally with urine and feces, the outer edges. Mm-hmm. But it's also how they keep track of each other. Yep. Now, um, generally, they only truly meet up to breed, and that's when the female uh, starts marking a little more frequently, and she has a pheromone in there that says, Hey, babe, mm-hmm. it's time.
0: Yeah. That's a lot
2: like a puma where they live distant, and they kind of start sending love letters yeah. on the trail.
0: <laughs> now, there isn't yeah. a... T- meet me on the rock at 10. <laughs>
1: There isn't a ton known about their reproduction in the wild because they are so secretive. But, um, and they do keep them, breed them in captivity, so they kind of piecemeal Mm -hmm. stuff together. So here we go.
0: And I think that, see, this was the one sore spot that we totally neglected to mention when we talked about the ocelot is that unless you're out at night mm-hmm. you would never know that an ocelot lives in your area because oh, yeah. they're just so they're so secretive and
1: I thought we y- did mention that.
0: I don't think we d- ever did.
2: I, I might I, have I, talked I, about how difficult it was to get a photo of them that only um, camera, traps. camera
0: traps yeah. right. Yeah. And I think they've only captured these uh, well, I know that there was one particular story that talked about a melanistic, uh, completely black-maned wolf yeah. that was captured in a camera trap, I think e- in Brazil. Even harder to see. Like 2013 or <laughs> yeah. something. It was odd, That was an oddly specific fact. But those are very rare.
2: And I think the breeding in captivity is, is really pretty successful. I mean, there's a lot of them in captivity.
0: They, everything I read said it was difficult. Uh, in three, the wild, it's difficult. 3,000
2: of them in captivity. They've been doing something.
0: Yeah, I know that they've been successful, but it was highly dependent on climate, right? Like uh, like some zoos are more successful than others based on just locality, I believe. But.
1: It is, and
0: yeah. Well, no. Would you
2: rather do it in Winnipeg or right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's too cold to bang. <laughs> no. Well, the, the you know zoos are the one place where they're kind of forced to see each other a lot more often than they naturally would in the wild, either. So correct, it, it's not a complete mm-hmm. uh, duplication of what their natural behavior is. No. So.
1: And they, yeah, they spend a lot more time together, though. Um, I watched um, one YouTube from the same zoo, a couple different things they did and they reintroduced uh, introduced a male to a new female uh because they wanted to do some genetic diversity and uh they pretty much spent their time at opposite ends of the thing until she finally huh. decided it was time
0: do you already have a another mate uh he did so they're trying to force him to do something he doesn't want to do Correct. Like, you need to but cheat on if, your wife, if, bro. Well, you have to, for if science. If his mate
1: is lost. <laughs> but
2: I said I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> if their mate, But this is for science. <laughs> if their mates are lost, they will uh, look for a new mate. Yeah, so and I would, not, yeah, I I would and totally what, believe yeah. that, but, you know, yeah. it's
0: not like they're going to fake his current mate's death at the zoo. Well, they just yanked her out, <laughs> left him alone for a while. Right. And,
1: and it, for, a, for, I think, um, about a year, and then brought in a new one. Well, and, that's got to be screwed up yeah. when they
0: bring her back. He They're just not said he went back. She went oh.
1: on into another Oh, so she just you know, got retired? He just said she he was divorced. went into another to meet mate with another woman. Oh. Huh. Now. Uh, the females are uh monoestrous, but meaning they only come into cycle once a year.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, and are only in estrus for 1 to 5 days. Hey, short window. Now generally between August they um, breeding season in North American captives is in August and October and in in South America in the wild (laughs) ones and the captives in the southern hemisphere it's between October and February and it's thought to be affected by photoperiod so that's where in the zoos that have the same photoperiods as what they're used to in the wild those are the ones that are more successful in their breeding Mm. now um, and again the female mark's More when she is approaching when she wants to be bred. Right. and When her milkshake's ready to bring the boys to the the yard. Again, the urine has more pheromones in it, and that lets the male know it's time to start hunting her down. Uh, The female does not ovulate until she picks up his scent. Mm. And they've also done some studies in some zoos where they've... um, The two... Of them can have physically see each other, but they block the scent from coming in and she doesn't ovulate. Once they put him in a thing where she can actually smell him, she ovulates almost immediately. Uh, and this is... It's like, there it is. Yeah. Old spice works every time. Yeah. <laughs> now, she initiates the breeding. She stamps her front paws and bows down in front of him. Oh. And then uh, she rubs, every man's dream. And then she rubs her <laughs> hind end against him, and then they, of course they do the usual dog sniff, sniff, sniffing of the mm-hmm. nether regions. Right, it's
0: like all my men wear English leather or nothing at all.
1: <laughs> he didn't mount her and what? they copulate for about fifteen minutes.
2: What's her favorite position?
1: <laughs> Wolfie style. Yeah. Now, gestation can take uh, 56 to 65 days on average. The pups are birthed in what they call a natal nest, which is hidden in dense vegetation. Um, They do not know if the male in the wild, it appears some males do stick around, but not always. But in captivity, the male always does help with the raising. Right.
0: Um, And I think the way I interpreted that was that, uh, you know, it's another thing where, they're extrapolating that mm-hmm. based on zoo behavior yeah. but it may or may not be true in the wild correct because i would tend to think that since they're so solitary anyway once the dude does his business mm-hmm. i doubt he's around for yeah. the pups but
1: now one to four one to five pups are um, in the average litter the record was seven mm. the weigh about 12 to 16 ounces at birth and their fur is black which changes to red at about eight ten weeks Eyes open in nine days, and they nurse for up to four months. Now, they start eating regurged food from mom and in captivity dad at about three weeks of age. Yeah. That um, is
0: freaking weird in the dog world, is it not? Yes. I mean, just no, in...
1: I think other dogs do it also. Really? Yes. Huh. Wolves and... Uh, because the pups are generally are not out It's initially. Right. And then eventually, they do work their way into the... Uh, yeah. the real meat.
0: I guess their teeth would be pretty freaking tiny at that point. Well, if at that all, time, right? they had
1: their milk teeth because right. they're not chewing mom apart.
0: Right. I guess that's where the regurg would make and sense. And they,
1: they're eating the regurge food for up to 10 months. Now, at Eat. three <laughs> months, <laughs> like, the pups start foraging with the mom. And, uh, of course, mom takes on most of the duties of raising them. Duty. Ah... <laughs> uh. Now they are sexually mature at one year of age but they generally don't start breeding until they're two after they've gone out and established their own territories. Mm. Uh, Life expectancy in captivity is 12 to 15 years with the record being 22 but they're really not sure how long they live in the wild again because they just, it's hard to keep track of them. Right. And that's what I got from eating. Nice. That's pretty good. And that took I have a lot of, like I said, <laughs> talking about going down, uh, I'm approaching imagine, it from many different ways yeah. and trying to find, okay, I don't want to know how to breed them in a the zoo.
0: Yeah. I bet you that this has got to be a baculum situation. Oh, yeah. They have yeah. a baculum. Yeah, because there's a reason why the – it must be like one of those kind of star-shaped penises or something that, you know, kind of – because I'm imagining – the mating actually happens relatively fast, but they get knotted up like uh, your average dog would. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's funny is when they, after it's done and you don't want to stay in the mounted position and they're kind of standing side saddle, uh, uh, it doesn't yeah. look that comfortable. Hey, hey I'm going to go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait, right. wait. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll be over here. I'm just waiting, waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. A little uh, embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, was it good for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, no one sprayed us with a hose this time. <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Uh, on to some behaviors here. Peak activity time for these guys is 8 to 10 a.m. and 8 to 10 p.m., but relative humidity and temperature can play a role.
2: It's not a long work day, really.
0: No. It's not too bad, but you'll, like I said at the beginning, there's some exceptions to moonlit nights and, uh, I think they're really susceptible to heat. So they try not to get overheated. So cold days and cloudy days, they'll be a little more active as well. So, uh, they definitely, when they need to rest, they rest. Uh, but they hunt in open areas and prefer a little cover when they rest as well. So they'll find some shade and whatnot. Uh, they're solitary. Don't form packs. Uh, they will sometimes gather a little bit together, like in a burned-out field, because there is a particular two types of mice that will still hang around in burned uh, habitat, and apparently they're really easy to catch because they don't have a lot of places to hide. So, Mouse hunt. Yeah, that'll bring that'll bring a few of the old man wolves together, and you know they're just hunting separately, but you know it would look like they're together, but they don't work in teams or anything like that. It's a contest. Yeah. Uh, they use those big old satellite dishes on their heads to listen for prey, and they tap on the ground to flush it out. Almost, I guess, like the female does—the little tappy tap to, mm-hmm. you know, entice her mate. Uh, they use that same behavior to flush out prey, and then they pounce to catch them. The kill is made by biting the neck or back, and if that doesn't do the trick, a good shake will finish the job. Uh, that's the old snapperoo—broken
2: <laughs> neck and concussion simultaneously. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it the it was every place I found that it was referred to as a violent shaking. So I would yeah. imagine, you know, uh, it's like anything. You ever seen a cocker spaniel catch a water snake? Uh, that snake doesn't stand a chance because they'll... They've got it whipped about friggin' twenty times in like the first point zero two seconds that they grab the damn
2: thing. Or those terriers grabbing the rats. Yeah. Just oh a, yeah, those just rats a, are dead it's like just a right now. Blur. Yeah. How how they keep from scrambling <laughs> how they keep from scrambling their own brains, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but, it's definitely something it's definitely as mammals, you know, we lost that ability to shake like that at some point in our history. Because uh, if you've ever watched the slow motion of how they shed water You know, even that full body shake that they can do when they get wet and they need (laughs) to dry off quickly, right? That is an incredible motion that they can perform. That you know, I mean, the the most we're ever gonna get is like a pee chill. You (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to see me do that. (laughs) Yeah. I finally, you know, I got interested in that because I haven't had one in forever, and I don't know really why that is, but I read that the peach chills come from, like, it mostly happens in the morning, and it's because of, like, a rapid loss of heat. Uh, f- from your first urination, because you know you're you're basically expelling body temperature fluid in about you know twenty or so ounces, and that little temperature change is what can give you a little chill. <laughs> I don't know if that happens to the ladies, but uh, I've never actually asked. That's an uh, interesting question. <laughs> Let us know out there, ladies. Do you get chills when you pee in the morning? <laughs> we need to know for science. Uh, so. The pee is used to communicate, like Mark already said. (laughs) Right. And some say it can smell like hops. But hops and cannabis both produce pyrazine, uh, which is responsible for that funky, skunky smell. They even use it to mark places that they've buried hunted prey. And I didn't know that they cached food, but apparently they do. And uh, having piss that smells that strong is a good way to find stuff again, Mm -hmm. apparently. Uh, on the menu are rodents, rabbits, armadillos, birds and their eggs, reptiles, gastropods, other mollusks, insects, and the occasional fish. Uh, besides pouncing, they'll also chase down prey, dig it out of the ground, and even jump to catch birds out of the air and have a hunt success rate of around 21%. Yeah. So one out of five things they spot dies. <laughs> uh, they're the fifth dentist that doesn't prefer Trident. <laughs> you got to kill that dentist anyway. Got to uh, kill that joke. <laughs> 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 yeah. Can, can, well, yeah, I'm sure it, it probably hit you know other people differently.
1: Considering <laughs> they eat mostly vegetation, mm-hmm. that's not you know
0: right. And depending on the season, because yeah. uh, that's it's, what we've got yeah. here. Animals are the food of choice in the dry season for obvious reasons. Uh, and fecal analysis has detected giant anteater. Bush dog and collared peccary in their feces, but whether they were hunted or scavenged is unknown. I'm betting scavenged. Me too. Mm-hmm. Right. They, uh, they don't.
2: Look, they don't look like the type. They're going to take something. Yeah. Take something on that has teeth.
0: Yeah, and there was. Uh, I guess there's anecdotal accounts of them pursuing deer. But no one ever saw a kill, so it's, you know, highly unlikely that they're taking down large prey. Well, at, the, deer, at
2: all. the deer species there isn't large. In fact, it's smaller than they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, pampas deer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Only like 30 inches tall, yeah. and, but they weigh almost the same.
0: It seems like they just, they're kind of like the ocelot in that way, that they prefer, you know, just something that can eat and go. You know, it's small enough, it goes down in a couple of bites and a nice hearty swallow, and you're down the road looking for the next one, well, you know. like fox. You don't have to use your teeth to rip off chunks and, you know, work at it. It's just, it's a, you know, it's a meal to go. Like
2: fox, they do <laughs> yeah. that, walk around and... Pop, like you, pop a mouse down here and there. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, it's just like grabbing a freaking quarter-pound big bite off the roller grill. <laughs> yeah, but they don't get free chili and cheese. Poor no, bastards. Not. Right? Uh, not that anyone should be eating that stuff, and we don't recommend it, but George and I have been connoisseurs of that stuff for a while. Oh, so. yeah.
2: They would yeah. eat it if they could.
0: Yeah, yeah oh, they 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I used to drown the, you know, make your own nachos in that stuff. You know, it was, it's a good way to go. You can really fill that tray a lot.
2: Tamale pie. <laughs> yeah,
0: basically. Uh, studies show that animals only account for about 50% of their diet. And again, that's seasonal. Uh, the other half or more is comprised of fruits, vegetables, tubers, bulbs, roots, and even sugarcane. Yep. Uh, they have more than 300 food items on the menu, so I don't think many of them go hungry. Uh, and there could be droughts or whatnot, yeah. potentially, that could cause mm-hmm. a problem. But in general, they have they eat a very wide-ranging diet. Uh, their favorite food by far is the wolf apple, which is a tomato-like fruit. Yep. Uh, these are an item that can be found in the dry season, and they're consumed year-round in areas where... They're readily available. It can be 40 all the way up to 90% of their diet. And the seeds pass intact and are dispersed widely as a result. Yep. And there's also a really interesting symbiotic relationship oh, with I leafcutter got, ants. I got
1: a little about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: for some reason, they really like to take a dump on leafcutter ant nests. Yep. Uh, the ants don't care because they use the dung to fertilize their fungus gardens And because they don't want the seeds, uh, they move those to their refuse piles just outside the nest, and that has the benefit of significantly increasing the germination rate of the seeds Mm -hmm. collected in the refuse piles. So this also is the other reason why the uh, maned wolf is the main propagator of the wolf apple, uh, which I've never had a wolf apple. They must not be that great, I guess, but... It? I just always thought that uh, they called tomatoes wolf apples because they thought they were poisonous forever because they were red.
2: <clears throat> the whole that whole plant is poisonous to humans, except for the fruit. Really? <clears throat> and the fruit just like the tomato. Fruits mm. like uh, large grapefruit size. Mm. and uh, people mm. that are indigenous to that area do eat them, but they make like a jam out of the the pulpy inside that has some sugar in it.
0: Mm. So <clears throat> otherwise, they're relatively bitter or sour. Well, or
2: I think just kind of pointless to eat.
0: Uh, right, they're filling. Um,
2: <laughs> well, it didn't say eleven percent uh, carbohydrate. I guess um,
0: that's oddly specific. Well, yeah. For you? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was
2: looking, I I did read about them quite a bit. Um, the uh, the starch that's in them. Um, like more actually it was more starch than cassava, which I, mean, uh. I, I don't know why they wouldn't eat more of them if that was the case, but um, some weird derivatives from some of the alkaloid compounds too um one of them uh, specifically was aiding in uh, fight against diabetes uh. um, also uh, the alkaloid um, they use for uh, uh killing certain parasites within people like. Uh, I can't remember what they all were. Someone linked to mosquitoes, um, Giardia.
0: Yeah. And I read it was uh, hypothesized that, you know, apparently fleas don't tend to infest the main wolf all that often, but it's highly debatable uh, whether or not they're gaining any type of an advantage from wolf apples and what they contain to stave off fleas. They still
1: have high instances of ticks.
0: Yeah, they get a lot of ticks, and they get some kind of fly that'll really get into their ears. Uh, But it seemed to be like they don't get a whole lot of flea infestations in general. And they think
2: that it also might keep them from getting what they refer to as a giant kidney worm, which Mm -hmm. sounds bad on face value. Right. (laughs) I don't know if I'd want a small one.
0: Yeah, I never looked at a picture, but I I just ran into it and kind of skipped that whole section just, you know. It, it got to be a they, little daunting. They, they
2: were sort of just implying that that may be the case, that it helps them.
0: But huh. I, yeah, I, I know I, I know it's definitely not confirmed. But,
2: but it is weird that they would eat that specific thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I guess, you know, the more starch you're getting, it is a good way to convert quick glucose. You know, if, if they're running on an energy system the way that we are, you know, you got to eat something that gives you that glucose to run your cells and, you know, keep you going. So that's, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome that as a dog, they're eating this much, you know, fruit and vegetable matter uh, just willingly, you know, to keep their energy up. It, it, and, it would probably make other dogs right. sick to eat that much. I guarantee you that 100% of their wolf apple hunts are successful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. They don't have to use those big ears to sneak up on them. Right. <laughs> Be like, there's one. There's a wild wolf apple. <laughs> uh, zoos used to feed them a meat-heavy diet, but found it results in bladder stones. Yep. So now they're given a more balanced diet that includes fruits and vegetables, low in cysteine, which is the major contributor to the development of the stones. And I guess they also kind of come up with their own uh, extruded maned wolf chow that mm-hmm. uh, has low levels of that stuff as well. So And it's mixed with meat. I would imagine, you know, it would probably look just like opening a can of Alpo, or you know, uh, what you would think of as, you know, the nasty uh, refried bean-looking dog food that you scoop out of the can. It's usually
1: in a pellet form. Is it? Yeah, like like a dog kibble.
0: Huh?
2: Yeah, I think they said extruded. I guess that'd be better.
0: Yeah, it was extruded. So yeah,
2: like licorice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's delicious. Maned wolf rope, rope candy, (laughs) red vines. Uh, I guess we'll do Threats and we can jump into anything else that we've got after that. Right, I know now. that Mark has a SIPTRED to we entertain an us an all with.
1: Touch a little on some folklore, too.
0: Yeah. Threats is uh, just slightly longer than average, but from 1982 till 1996, the Manned Wolf was listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List. They were downgraded to near-threatened in 96, although... Uh, they still have declining populations. They were last assessed in 2015. Their natural predators are pumas and jaguars, but more frequently jaguars. Uh, also, they pref- although they prefer grasslands, uh, when these areas are destroyed by fire or human development, the maned wolf has been successful in transitioning to life closer to human populations. Local protections are helping, and education has helped many farmers to realize they don't pose a threat to domestic animals. Nope. They used to think of them as chicken snatchers. I, I think that's
2: the big hump to get over as far as uh, human interaction yeah. goes.
0: but they won't f with sheep. They don't mess with cows. Uh, they don't mess with pigs. You're gold. It's just like having ocelots around. They're right. they're beneficial for rodent control, which is beneficial to you in the long run. And you your know, crops. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't mean that the domestic animals don't pose a threat to them because they're vulnerable to infections and diseases carried by feral and domestic dogs. Uh, Vehicle strikes are a problem, and historically, in a few isolated parts of Brazil, they were hunted for their eyes and other body parts believed to be good luck charms. Uh, So I don't know what it looks like when you carry around a set of maned wolf eyes in your pocket, but, you know, uh, weird (laughs) is what I thought. Like. Uh, doesn't seem like an eyeball would dry or preserve very well, so what a weird good luck charm.
1: You know? Who
0: knows? I don't know how these things evolve, but... You know, you definitely wouldn't want to, that's not going to be a marshmallow shape in your Lucky Charms anytime soon. Like now with ma- maned wolf eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hearts and stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, <laughs> maned wolf eyes and rainbows <laughs> and tasty red balloons, right? Uh, it's weird that I still know all the marshmallows and freaking <sighs> Lucky Charms. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> nowadays it's protected uh, by law against hunting in Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay, and pretty much... Almost every country has a little bit of a something on the books that says don't hunt maine <coughs> wolves, but yep. you know how much it's enforced, I don't know that either. Uh, I don't think anyone's eating them. I think you'd just be like collecting them for a weird pelt mm-hmm. uh, to hang on the wall, or yeah, and something. I think
2: that's about it. They they've, they've right. kind of lucked out in that no other major body parts are harvested. Yeah, it's the, a
0: pretty spindly animal. I mean, it and, must
2: have a short penis.
0: Yeah. I bet if you were going to eat a predator, it probably would taste better than most because of a heavier, you know, plant-based diet. So, I I don't know, though. I wouldn't eat one. <laughs> it looks too much like a dog. And you Well, know, the back of remember. it's
2: built a little like a deer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, it's got like a hyena mohawk crossed with a fox and giraffe legs, and it's a it's a weird mishmash I animal was, for sure. I thought it in general, it's pretty cool. I yeah. Yeah, one of the most interesting canids uh, by far. so unlike... Yeah, and I can't remember. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of stuff about how they actually diverged away from other canids like uh, millions of years ago. Yeah, but
1: they're, they're close, more closely related to the short-eared dog mm-hmm. from that's found there. That looks. That's the complete opposite.
2: And the D hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called. D hole. I like that one. <laughs> the hole. <laughs>
0: Oh, perfect. Uh, it must be... <laughs> yeah. Darkness oh, no. falls across the land. <laughs> the midnight hour is close <laughs> at hand. Uh-oh. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am... Now I'm scared.
1: Yeah. The wolf deer.
0: I peed a little.
1: Was first reported in 1951 I can tell. <laughs> by a woman named Mrs. Lobb. Oh. She described it as standing at the shoulders of the same size as a gray wolf, weighing about 50 to 60 pounds, with four extremely thin deer-like legs, large foot pads, and a body built like a canine. Head was deer-shaped with small pointed ears on top. Fur was reddish-brown on the body with a bushy black tail with a white tip. And the tail was very horse-like in appearance and large for its body size. Hmm. Now this happened in the name of uh, Calumet, Oklahoma. Now early one morning, uh, Mrs. Lobb was set out to do her morning chores on her and her husband's farm. Now, she made her way up the hill in the middle of the farm to the cattle pasture. She caught sight of an, this odd-looking creature. Now, Mrs. Lob and the wolf deer stared at each other for about two minutes. Now, worrying that the creature would have harmed her cattle, she picked up a big stick and threw it at it. She hit it, but it didn't flinch. It just continued to stare at her. Mm. Unnerved, she went back to get her husband. That all you
2: got, old lady? <laughs>
1: yeah. She went, she went back to get her husband and told her what she had seen, and he said, Well, he had seen the same thing two years prior huh. in the um, brush line surrounding the farm, but didn't think it was a threat and never, it was never seen again. Now, in 1971, it appeared in Minnesota near Canby on March 21st. <laughs> D.R. Clark and H.H. H. Christensen were out driving around and they noticed an odd-looking creature standing on the opposite side of the creek that ran parallel to the road. They thought at first it was a deformed deer. Upon closer inspection, it looked like a deer-wolf cross. Clark got out of the car, and as he approached the water's edge, the wolf deer turned and looked at him. He started yelling and waving his arms at it to get it to move, but it didn't. It just kept staring at him which frustrated him, so he went back to his car and retrieved a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he went back and shot at it numerous times and missed.
2: Should he use the used cra- stick.
1: The creature stood up, moved over a few f- feet, and laid back down and continued to stare at him. Frustrated by his lack of aim and the animal not moving, he went back into his car and they drove off. The creature was never seen again. Now, in both instances, there. The theory is they could possibly have been maned wolves that had escaped. I, but no one had any records of having any in neither one of those areas hmm. at that time frame.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, so. I bumped into a weird short blurb about one in Texas, which was weird. But I missed that one, but yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I, I would have to believe, yeah. you know, it could have been a circus going by or yeah. something. Well, they and, weren't
1: really what you would call a circus animal.
0: I mean, they would have been freaking unusual. Oh, they would have been, but yeah. I mean, I would imagine, like, freak show-wise, they yeah. probably would have been marketed as, like, a fox that boned a yep. deer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and... Uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. There we go. That report in a storm. <laughs> now, in uh, Guarani mythology, the main wolf is thought of as a young warrior who transforms into a wolf to protect its tribe from jaguar attacks. And The Maine protected it in battles. Mm. Now in Brazilian tales, Maine Wolf was a medicine man, or shaman, that guarded the secrets of the rainforest. Its red fur linked it to the spirit world. Spirit Why?
0: Where? Why not? Was, that, was red just the color that yeah. they that associated? Was, yes, okay. the
1: spirit world. Yeah. And that's what I
0: got. I think before the ages of books, television, and, you know, everything else, you came up with a reason for everything that was, yep. you could see. <laughs> Probably how we got a lot of oral traditions. Yeah, hey, I
1: got some oral traditions. I believe it. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. How about a review?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, best IPA, non-al non-alcoholic that we've done. So I'll jump straight in with like a, I'll go nine and a half on this one. I think it tastes just like Green Label, although it's weird that they decided to call the N.A. an IPA. Because I think the, I'm thinking of the Sierra Nevada Pale, uh, mm-hmm. the standard Green Label you all know and love. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very similar to that, but I guess they didn't want to mix well, mix yes, up yeah. the brands. Or...
1: And in Trail Pass they have two. They have this one and then they also have another one they call the Golden. Mm. Which we will, we're going to try at a later date.
0: It's weird because that's one of the options at the golf course. They have Heineken Zero, they have Athletic Golden Ale, and there's also an NA uh, canned cocktail that they have, but I haven't tried that one yet. Huh. So. It's
1: called Juice.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Capri yeah. Sun. Right, it's called High C. <laughs> I'm going to go with a nine mm. as an NA.
0: Yeah. I'll go there. I think it's so similar to the, you know, green label though. I, I I'm gonna go find this because it'll go in my fridge at home because oh, I yeah. really like the flavor of this one.
1: Total uh, or more, and I've seen it other places. Yeah,
0: too. there's nothing off-putting at all about this one. It, it even doesn't come across as, as dry as the, a lot of the NAS that we've mm-hmm. tried. It drinks like a beer. It's pretty damn good. Was
1: brewed in the same process as a beer, as opposed to having taking the alcohol out, which actually hurts the quality of the product.
2: Yeah. it doesn't make me any
0: funnier or smarter though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> does regular beer? Yeah, yeah no. it does. Oh yeah. 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 He he just gets a looser tongue. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. What do you think of the beer nut? <laughs> Uh, Well, I think that our entire audience can probably tell from the fact that our mouths were full while we were talking Uh. for almost this entire show that uh, I'm going to go right in the same scores I gave the beer 9.5 on these bastards. The only thing I don't like... Is holding them in your hand. I have a really sticky. I've got some sticky fingers now. It's so from the, I don't know what the, the sweet- f is. The sweetness on That's whatever the, the, coating the, t- is the on twang the, seasoning. The twang on the right. I've got a twang right. on my fingers. Nut whatever that twang glaze is. <laughs> Just a
1: nut twang. Yeah. I'm gonna go a nine. Yeah. As a nut mix. It's.
0: I know Max was right there. Uh, this is up on his scale of this the was, snacks this we've was done for a show. It, this is when Max, Max is going down. with a ten. Might be the
2: best combo we've had.
0: Yeah. Because I like the, uh, you know, the ones that have like the the Asian chili crescents. And, oh yeah. Uh, those mixes are super good too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have got wasabi peas yeah. and all mm-hmm. that weird stuff. This has just enough of an interesting change in textures. I don't know what's what. I don't know what the yellow sticks are. I'm assuming the green ones have to be the guacamole yeah, or the jalapeno ones are the or habanero sticks. Oh habanero sticks. And there's yeah, also yeah.
1: a chili lime, um, insane grain stick in there too. Huh. Yeah the, uh, in
0: there. yeah, the even the spiciest of the spicy things in this aren't mm-hmm. gonna kick your ass. It's no. it's nothing that's overwhelming. That's pretty my well balanced at all. Kind of. Yeah,
2: it's got uh, mild salt, mild sweet, and mm-hmm. mild hot. Yeah,
0: yeah I it, like it. It's got a bit of everything going on it in here. Makes you want to drink more. That yeah, would. Which is the whole <laughs> idea behind yeah, it. I think that's how they must have yeah. invented the old beer nut. Yeah. <laughs> beer nut.
1: All right, George. Yeah. Did you give the beer nuts? Did you give the nuts a number?
2: I'd, I'd say both. Both the nine. Okay. Maybe cool. maybe the beer yeah. a little lower than that,
0: but Yeah, to good times and great yeah, nuts. Yeah. They came up with our best tagline ever. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we would have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Till next week, friends. <laughs> good times. They should have called them <laughs> sticky sticky nuts. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, failed with the test market. <laughs> yeah, <mine ain't> perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put our sticky nuts in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, ladies and stick in your Stick in your mouth and stick to your hands. See ya. <laughs>